coming out of my first race and someone coming up to me and he's like, how does it feel to be making history? I looked at them, I'm like, excuse me, I don't have no idea what you're saying. She's like, you're the first Saudi woman to be racing. To be honest, I'm really just happy that I'm able to finally fulfill my dream. Welcome to our listeners. I'm very, very honored to welcome Rima Jufali in this episode of Partners in Time. She's the first ever Saudi Arabian professional racing car driver. Very hard word, but a pretty cool thing. After competing in Formula 4 and Formula 3, Rima has just founded in 22 her own racing team, Theba Motorsports. We're talking about this. We're talking about her life growing up in Saudi. We're talking about college years in Boston and how to start and become a female racing car driver. So in today's episode, it's gonna be very inspirational and it's gonna be very interesting. So be ready to be inspired with Rima Jufali. So hello, Rima. Nice to have you as a guest on our podcast over here. I'm really thrilled to talk to you. I have a couple of questions. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. Doing very well. Thanks for having me. And and where are you right now? You're in London, it shows. Is that right? Yes. Yes, correct. Okay. I feel like you had a rough weekend, right? Uh, should we not talk about the weekend? Should we move on and talk about you? No, not at all. I just had a family wedding, so it was a late flight in uh, and a bit... Uh, Late coming in this morning, but um, all good now. Ready for this. That's amazing. So, so do you live in London? That's the first thing. I want to get to know you as a person. So I'm very excited to talk to you today. So where do you live right now? So I say I'm seasonal. It's the best way to explain it to people. I live between London and Saudi, Jeddah specifically. Um, so when the racing is in Europe, I'm based in London, and then uh, the same in, in the Middle East when the racing is there, I'm based in Jeddah. But your nationality is Saudi Arabian, right? Or Saudi, as Correct. the locals say it in between. Exactly. I went to university. You'd be surprised. I'm not, I didn't finish it. I'm a dropout college kid, uh, which sounds cool in, in English. <laughs> But I went to Hamburg University in Germany. And uh, we did a World Cup, a soccer World Cup in 2006, I guess. And it was the first time Saudi Arabia qualified. for. I, I don't, how old are you, Rima? I'm 31. So you might remember, so 31, you're born in uh, 92. 92. Yeah, so that, yeah, that makes I do it, remember. Yeah, um, not the I best performance in the World Cup, but you qualified, which was a huge success, right? Exactly, exactly. I'll, I'll forget about the tears, yeah. um, but yes. I don't remember anything of that too. So, but uh, we had my university had an exchange program. We invited uh, seven students from Riyadh University, I think, and they got to spend, we rented like a nightliner bus. Like, uh, like you know, those the, the bands that tour. And we went mm -hmm. through Germany and visited all the, uh, all the Saudi games um, as supporters, um, as a kind of exchange program between universities. So I, I'm, I'm really, really, it was such a nice time back in there. And, and I'm still in, in contact with the guys. They visited F1, one or two races when, when I was working with Mercedes. And um, I, I got to know them. So I have a long standing, and I feel... At least 35%, and because I cheered a lot. Uh, I have a lot of green shirts where I supported Saudi in the soccer game. So, so I like Saudi people a lot. 
it means a lot. We had a good showing. I think this World Cup, we did a, uh, I think, very fantastic performance up to the the point that we uh, that we exited the World Cup. But we were, I mean, all Saudis everywhere in the world were uh, so excited and uh, and proud. So absolutely. But but you're where you're born. I'm in, born in Jeddah. In so Jeddah, Saudi okay. Arabia. Yeah. Okay, and did you grow up in Saudi or where did you grow up? Yeah, born and raised in Saudi, graduated from there, from high school, and then I moved to the States for college. How is that? Like, do you speak English? And Because your, your English is super good. So are you, is school in English speaking as well? It is. So I moved in, in high school. I moved to a British school in Jeddah. And, okay. Uh, but I, I also speak English with my friends, some of my friends. Uh, so I think that's kind of where that comes from. But yeah, I did study in English in the final part of my schooling and then uh, moved to the States. And the plan was to, to, to go study abroad. And yeah, I found myself in Boston beginning, I think it was 2010. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did you study there? And which, which college did you go to? I studied international affairs in Northeastern University. I wanted to, to study something I enjoyed. And there was a lot of things that I liked. I think one of them was business, economics. But then I thought, do something a bit more um, that, that you can last really the four years in college. And I'm glad I did that. Uh, I learned quite a lot. And I think that maybe it's even helped me now in my life doing this sort of stuff, you know, podcasts, being on TV, on doing interviews. I would have never thought my my uh, my diploma in politics or international affairs would come in handy in this way, but uh, <laughs> I think I think it has a little bit like scandal. I'm a big fan of the TV show Scandal. That's all politic yeah. uh, PR uh, communication and stuff. That's uh, it's interesting that you say that and um, that this helps. But you're not a dropout, right? You finished study, so you're one I've, step ahead I've, of me. <laughs> I finished, but the, you know they say about dropouts, they say they're actually the most successful. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's just because one out of ten is uh, making a good way and the other nine are probably uh, let, let's let's see it but uh, i still want to finish it at one point uh, i might i still have like one folder in my under my desk which has all the diplomas and stuff so i'm i'm it was close i just need like a year and then i would be done but um life goals you know you have to have a little bit more of life goals how was how was the college time like how tell me a little bit about the, the cultural difference between us because it must be growing up in Saudi and then moving to Boston into the East Coast culture and the college culture especially must be a clash of cultures, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I was maybe like a lot of high school students uh, or some, I was very ready to leave home. I was excited for the independence. Um, I was always quite an adventurous young person. I loved my sport, so I was looking forward to really just exploring like for my first year i uh, before i got my i got my driver's license actually in boston uh, in my first year in college and that was most the most important thing to do yeah. um i remember just having to mess around with the paperwork for too long before i actually went and did the test myself but i think that moment of having my car having that freedom to just go explore um that was kind of what i did on the weekends i in in new england there's beautiful countryside beautiful hikes um very kind of nice adventure and uh i took advantage of that uh, i i drove to 
many different cities in that area, even down to, to Washington, did some exploring there, cultural exploring. And it's it was just a nice, um, I think for me being, you know, getting my, getting my car and something I had been looking forward to for most of my life that I can remember, um, that just gave me that even even more of a sense of independence and freedom to uh, kind of find my interests and, and do thing, do new things, explore new areas, which I loved. I can very much relate to that because a lot of Germans do also, like in high school, they do one year abroad in the US. And that's where some of them come back with a driver's license. And I envied them a lot, you know, like because you can do a driver's license with 17 or 16. In Germany, you have to be 18. So like, uh, but not only the street driver's license um, played a big role in your life. You are a racing driver right now. So, so when did the passion for racing uh, start in, in your life? Did, was that high school or, or when did you know that's of interest and when did you decide to become a race driver? Yeah, there's, there's a few questions in there and, and I think my, my start has been quite unconventional. I think um, the, the idea of becoming a racing driver wasn't really um, uh, an even a dream for me. I, I, was a, I was always a motorhead. I loved cars growing up. I kind of new kind of the my brands the new models coming out that sort of stuff nothing to do with racing really but just really a, a car fan and also like my sport so I played football I played basketball I did you know every single sport I could get my hands on when I was living in Saudi and and when I moved to the states uh, I started exploring even new sports but not just in person like tennis and and stuff but I also on TV, the, the, the U.S. is notorious for such a big sporting culture. Boston, the city, has many big teams like the Celtics, the Bruins, the, the Patriots. So it's, it was such a big culture and watching sports was a, was a big thing. And every, especially in college, it was a you go and you support your local team. And, and I love that. And one of one of the things I found myself looking at and watching was Formula One. And um, and again, it was a very unknown sport to me. I knew nothing about it. I knew not, I had no idea what they were saying. I did not know what flags meant. And I remember my sister coming in one time. Uh, she was visiting me, and she's like, "What are you doing with a paper and pen? Aren't you watching the race?" And I said, "Yes, I'm just trying noting down things because I don't know what they're saying. I'm trying to just you know write them down, and I'll research them later." She's like, "You're really weird. Like I don't, I don't get it. Why are you?" Why are you Why are you watching something you don't understand? I'm like, it seems, you know, seems very cool. There's a lot of strategy to it, and and eventually I got my head around it. I watched a lot of different part, like uh, you know, YouTube things, and and even on TV, just watched the post race, the pre race, just everything, and and that's when I watched um, um, that same year. I I came across Le Mans, and the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which actually just happened. Yeah, and, 100th and, time, and, right? Well, yeah, the yeah. centenary, exactly. Yeah. And what a race it was. Yeah. It was insane. In, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so I watched that race. And as I was watching, I noticed there were so many different cars, categories, classes. Just There was so much going on. And I, and I recognized that there was drivers of many different abilities. And some of them, like three times my age, uh, you know, much older than, you know, what they called gentleman drivers. And... And that's kind of the first time I even looked at racing as a as a possibility. I I was like, if 
these guys can do it, then I'm only, you know, what I think at the time, like 23. If they can do it, then I can definitely do it. And uh, that was the first seed of I want to be a racing driver. It, it, it was all super gradual. It was with the more knowledge, the more understanding I got of the, the sport, I realized that it wasn't too late to, to go into it. And, and it wasn't even a, I want to be a racing driver and, you know, be a Formula One driver. It was a realistic, I want to learn how to race. I want to get behind the wheel and let's see where this goes sort of thing. It wasn't, and, and maybe the goal in the end was, I want to join the 24 Hours of Le Mans. I want to participate in this race. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. You're talking about your, your sister saying, like, you're a nerd, writing down stuff. How, how was the support in your family? How was your friends and around? Were there, like, that's not the best uh, decision Rima or were there like uh, understanding your passion and your your maybe also nerdism into a sport like that which I'm 100% like Rima I'm, I'm I really adore that you go into the sport because I'm also close friends with uh, Susie Wolf and I think there should be way more women in the sport and I'm I'm a big fan of Drive to Survive which drew a big female audience into F1 especially so I'm a big supporter of any woman going into motorsport, but I could imagine that it's not the easiest thing. How was that in, in your surrounding? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, there is definitely a place for women and it's proven with some, some of the amazing women who are racing today and, and the achievements that they have uh, under their belt. So uh, for, I think for me, the, the, the start and the, let's say, the intimidating factor was I knew no one who raced. I did not have a clue how to start. Uh, so all of these barriers were actually more daunting to me than the actual side that I'm a female racing. That, that's, that part didn't really come to life or I didn't realize how strange it was until I was racing in the, in well, I started racing in the Middle East in uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai and I was the only girl amongst these guys and then the same thing in the uk i was in formula four again the first year i was the only girl amongst guys second year there was another girl and then again i different championships i joined the numbers were un unfortunately still not many and that's maybe the only time i realized okay i'm a, i'm this is a, a rare thing to be a woman in this sport but the more the more um pressing thing for me really was how do i How, do, how can I learn the best way? How can I, you know, get this experience that I maybe lacked comparing to my 15-year-old at the time, 15-year-old, um, um, you know, competitors? How can I learn better than them? How can I get ahead of them? Um, and, and, you know, they probably started at eight years old, at six years old, and I was 26 when I started. So um, it was really, for me, more than it was identifying and saying, oh, I am you know, I'm a female and, and they're all, you know, half my age almost and they're boys, but it was more, I want to be smarter than them and learn better than them and faster than them. And I mean, in the end, I knew that this wasn't necessarily to my side, the lack of experience, probably the age, um, I wasn't, uh, you know, able to um, make the mistakes early on. I still, of course, made mistakes, but um, it was almost just breaking down you know, the achievements to achievable um, 
goals and then slowly just increasing that with time and always setting the bar a little bit higher, a little bit higher and and having the right people around um, made such a difference because, you know, a sport like motorsport, you're you it's it's overwhelming. I mean, just being behind the car, let alone being in a race weekend, um, having variables like, you know, in the UK, it rains a lot. So having changing variables getting your head around all of these things and, and the, the, the pressure in and out of the track. Um, all of that was, for me, such a, a great experience to learn and, and to be able to adapt very well because it wasn't, it was a matter of I needed to learn how to fail. I like this, like this, read this somewhere, it's not mine, so I won't take, uh, I won't take this one, but it's how to fail, fail again and fail better. And that's how it felt for me in the beginning. I was nowhere comparing to the rest, but I was learning and you could see progress. And I just took that as my motivating, uh, you know, push to, to keep going. And, and of course, I, I loved and enjoyed it. So that was that was quite easy to, to keep going. But sometimes um, when you're not really at the pace or, you know, you're in the back, there's that sense of, oh, I'm not good enough or am I doing the right thing? But thankfully, my passion and, and my drive um, has kept me in this sport. And, and uh, yeah, I look back with a lot of fun memories. Yeah, but um, not but, but still your your job comes with a risk, right? Like, so um, do you feel support or is that something you're in, in your inner circle and in your family, friends? And like, do they like are they afraid or something like that or, or i'm i'm always super interested in finding out <clears throat> yeah how, how to because because it's a risk uh, of a crash and it's not the safest uh, chose of, of 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 career at the end like how how was that in the last years yeah i think i think i mean in terms of support that's something that in before before i started racing I kept it quite to myself. Uh, I wanted, you know, I didn't want to share it too much because I, I wanted to do it and I didn't want the pressure of other people's opinions really getting in the way of, I told my, you know, my family and, you know, I made, I made sure that it wasn't really a big thing just because I needed to focus on the race. And I remember going out and coming out of my first race and someone coming up to me and, and I have no, like, I hadn't even, even thought about this. Someone came up to me, he's like, how does it feel to be making history? I looked at them, I'm like, excuse me, I don't, I don't have no idea what you're saying. She's like, you know, you're the first Saudi woman to be racing. I'm like, yeah, to be honest, I'm, I'm really just happy that I'm able to finally fulfill my dream. And, and that sense of, of, of that kind of went on wildfire and, and it went all around Saudi and the Middle East. And the support I received from everyone was something I didn't, never imagined. Everyone was so kind of, you know, supportive, excited. Um, it was also, I think, right place, right time. It was the year women um, were driving in Saudi. Yep. So um, uh, for me to be in a race car the same year they were driving, it was, uh, you know, a, a very um, unbelievable um, story. So I, I found myself in that kind of um, bracket of, uh, you know, someone doing something different at a time where things were changing and, and, I think that really helped me um, make this even more, take this even more seriously because I felt a sense of, you know, if everyone is supporting me, if I am having um, um, 
if you know yeah if everyone's supporting me then i need to do this right i need to learn how to race um at, to a proficient level really and and that's kind of what made me look at it as i want to do this professionally it wasn't even uh, my idea coming into it it was just i love the feeling of it being in the car i didn't think of continuing you know leaving my professional life and, and focusing completely on racing but it was it was the support it was the people it was my family it was many different factors but it, it, all of those things really pushed me to to focus on racing and it seemed like there was more to it than i initially thought What a nice story. Uh, unbelievable. Um, so uh, what's your favorite car? Because you drove Formula 3, you drove Formula 4, you did drive GT racing, and you you had your own car in Boston. What, what's the best car to drive? It's a hard question. I mean, in, in, in racing, um, I think the, the biggest, you know, coming into a Formula 4 for the first time, for me, it was, you know, the, the such an eye-opening experience. I felt like I was not driving the car the car seemed to be driving me for sure um which is definitely not a good thing at that stage but when i jumped into a formula three after you know it's experiencing formula four that first moment of experiencing the downforce the how much you can actually push the car in corners and you could trust the car and, and having carrying the high these high speeds and in, in corners that Your, your mind doesn't comprehend it and it can actually do it in, 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 at that speed. So you almost have to do it one time for, for, your, for your body and your brain to believe it. I think Formula, Formula 3 was the biggest kind of aha and, and really helped me uh, when I moved into GT3 racing because I had an understanding of, of the downforce of what cars can do. And, and then with the, with the GT3s, there is aero, there is you know, top speed, but not like a Formula 3, but there, you know, you really need to be able to push the car and trust it. And I think that really worked to my advantage that I had the experience in, in F3 and, and moving into GTs. I was able to carry these, you know, speeds that maybe are a bit more um, daunting for drivers who are coming at a later age. Uh, maybe they're, they're not as fast or they're not able to trust the car at that level because they maybe haven't driven maybe to higher speeds than that uh, before. So I think Formula 3 was a, an amazing experience in qualifying especially. Yeah. But it, but a GT3, these, the Mercedes that I'm currently driving is unbelievable. You know, wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing, um, the, 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 the whole experience of endurance racing for me has, is so exciting because just variables constantly change. As a driver, you constantly have to adapt. And, um, and I think... The, the the answer to the question is maybe I like qualifying in an F3 and racing in a GT3. That's a, that's a great answer. And uh, racing in a GT Theba Motorsport vehicle. So I want to talk talk a little bit about that. How, like, when did that come up? What's what's so special about the team part of it? And like, because maybe some listeners don't know everything about it. Can you walk me through it a little bit? Yeah, sure. So Zebra Motorsport uh, as a team I started last year, uh, my first year actually at GT racing. Um, I've been, been racing, I think it was the first year, it was 2019. And ever since I started racing, a lot of, you know, people from the region, from Saudi, you know, neighboring countries, everyone asked me, you know, how can I start? You know, what what's your advice? Uh, Or can I come and work with you? And at the time, I was not—I couldn't even say that I was a racing driver. I was still learning. I was still 
understanding the sport, getting my head around it. Um, you know, it, it took me, I want to say, three years to say, okay, I understand um, how what it takes to be running a team, to be a driver, to uh, maybe not what it takes to be running a team, but understand what it takes to be a driver in a team. Um, and it was it was a race in Dubai that I was racing in, and it was the 24 hours of Dubai. My um, mom was there, and she went was looking at my name, and, and and my name next to my name there was a German flag because I was racing for a German team. And she's like, "Why doesn't there no Saudi flag next to your name?" And I said, "It's because I'm racing for a German team. I'm no longer just the driver in the car. I'm you know this is a team sport now in in, in endurance racing." And um, and she's like, "But you can't do Le Mans." Uh, with a without a Saudi flag next to your name, I'm like, oh my God, you're right, mom. I'm like, yes, maybe you're looking. You know, the, the simplicity of just that, you know, uh, perspective that I didn't pay attention to really. I thought, okay, my dream is to race Le Mans. I'm a Saudi, I'm a Saudi racing Le Mans. Um, that's that's a good enough dream. But then realizing, like, okay, actually, I have. A responsibility now that I've been racing for X number of years. People want to clearly are very interested in the sport. Saudi has you know many different races now, whether it's Formula One, Dakar, um, all of this motorsport being you know um, every basically the interest in, in Saudi was was big. So I thought, okay, I'll start a race team, and and for the purpose of the race team was really to train Saudis, bring Saudis into the sport. Um, through engineering programs, through, um, you know, internships. Um, at the moment, the IA focus is, you know, focusing on um, not necessarily the driving side, more so the operation side, the, the, the technical skill that I feel like we can do as a team. And, and hopefully down the line, we're not only, I'm not just a Saudi racing in the mobile, we're a Saudi team with Saudis running the team and and so the dream became changed and it became you know not not about me being in lamar but about a saudi team being in lamar and and i think that for me is so much more rewarding and 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 having this team in the last year and a half now uh, it's it, it's a whole different level a whole different responsibility uh, um and and the the wins are so much better, and the losses are also <laughs> so much more worse. Like they're they're a lot a lot worse. So um, yeah, it's I think the highs are higher, let's say, and the lows are lower. <laughs> but but, but um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> it's a, such a great story, and, and what a, what a great thing to do. I highly like it's 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 great. I want to talk a little bit. You touched it briefly. I touched it a little bit, but I want to uh, talk a little bit about female figures in motorsports because I could imagine young girls listening to this right now. Um, how, how would you encourage them uh, if they have a dream of become a racing driver? Um, uh, what should they do? The 15-year-olds, the 16-year-olds, the 20-year-olds? Because like, it's not an easy path. Um, but uh, it may have become a little easier now because there's different programs out there. But still, it's overwhelming if you look uh, at motorsports out of an external yeah, uh, dimension or perspective. Um, what would you, uh, uh, yeah, how would you encourage younger people who think about joining motorsports, especially female um, uh, drivers out there? I think the, the biggest advice is something I would have liked to tell myself really is 
if if you don't go out there and try you'll you'll never know and for for so long i was kind of standing in my own way getting in my own head you know be, because i didn't know anything about the sport because i didn't know how to start i just kept thinking oh this is too difficult this is hard but as soon as i went out to local tracks i asked questions i spoke to people i did my research and i just kept on pushing and trying different doors knocking different uh, you know understanding what it takes these are these are the things that i think take, if you take anything it, it's quite important to be um you know believe in yourself i think that is the number one thing i would maybe you know trust trust yourself a little bit more but going out there maybe getting uncomfortable sometimes because you're in a new environment and you don't know what's going on all of these things in racing um pays off you know going out challenging yourself i think the questions for me i asked you know i i spoke to so many people um and and also how i was introduced to some people just by asking and being inquisitive um i know that's pretty simple but um really the interest and the passion is what opened doors for me and then of course it was it was the patience it was you know not giving up too soon trusting in the process and and i think in the end of the day i you know i i was a 26 year old coming into racing but the the maturity and the patience is is really what paid off early on for me so i i wouldn't agree i couldn't agree more and it doesn't only work for females in motorsports it it works in life general like you know my career as a photographer same thing keep asking be encouraged like, like go there and a little bit of patience uh, really needs to to be there and then yeah sometimes luck knocks on the door and then uh, you can be prepared and the opportunity works so i very much agree to that um what's coming up what's i i could I, I think I know your long-term uh, dream and goal, but uh, what's happening for this year? What's what's the goals? What's the exciting uh, things that are coming up in your life this week, uh, this year, this month, this uh, whatever is happening in in the future? Well, well, you're asking a question at a perfect time because yeah. I'm now competing in the GT World Challenge Europe, and it's I think one of the most competitive. Um, GT3 championships and our biggest race is coming up which is the Spa 24 yeah. and it will be our first 24-hour race as a team with Diba Motorsport and it is one of the most difficult ones I've actually um, participated in so I'm very much looking forward to that and um, I hope that you know we get the experience we need hopefully uh, the results as well but Uh, I'm really looking forward to that race and and yeah hopefully cheer us on and 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 hopefully there's a good showing for us there. I will cheer you on 100%. And when is Le Mans happening? <laughs> so when is Le Mans? It's a good question. Um I think for us, you know, as as a team, realistically we need to gain that experience to grow to do few 24-hour races and, and and Le Mans these days is quite hard to get into, you know, you have to either win a championship. So I, I would, my my ideal goal would be in two years is ambitious, but I'd say two to three years from now. But I mean, you've uh, made a couple of, I would even say unrealistic goals happening. So like, mm -hmm. uh, I, I would, like it's happening, right? Le Mans will be happening for Theba Motorsports and Rima, right? Of course, no yeah. doubt about it. I, I wouldn't, 
I mean, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be racing today if I didn't think it, would gonna ha it was going to happen. What a great story. Like, honestly, it was very, very nice to listen to you. And uh, I'm, I'm impressed by your path uh, through life so far. And I'm, I'm going to follow it uh, within the next uh, couple of years. What a great story, Rima. Thank you so much for talking to me on this uh, Partners in Time episode. Um, really, really inspiring what you do. Thank you so much, Paul. I've also said I forgot to mention earlier, but thanks for making me laugh many times. Um, your videos and, and uh, your sense of humor really uh, does bring a smile to my face. And I think sometimes the seriousness of, of motorsport uh, needs to be broken. And I think you, you've done that time and again so uh, much appreciated <laughs> looking for toto in the reign of spielberg probably was the last yeah. time <laughs> a little bit of craziness a little bit of uh, silliness well have a have a great week and good luck in spa i'm cheering for thank you thank you very much bye bye thanks very much Paul. bye bye